Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to Holy Conversations, a podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. We are so glad to have you with us today, and I'd like to welcome my co-host, Bob Kaler. Bob, how are you doing today in Colorado? It's good. Yeah, we're uh, looking forward to today's discussion with a couple of our WCA leaders in Eastern Europe, and so I want to introduce them and get right to our conversation um, with uh, Daniel Topolsky, who is in Bulgaria, and Gabby Kopas, who is in Slovakia. So welcome to both of you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Yes. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves and where you're located and about your churches. Uh, let's, start with, let's start with Daniel. Okay. Uh, I have served as district superintendent for the last 11 years, and to eight of them I was also a DS for the Romanian part of our annual conference. I'm also pastoring a church in Varna located on the Black Sea coast, and before I served as a legal advisor, lay preacher, local pastor, so I'm familiar with all these stages of ministry in the United Methodist Church. And I'm also a member of the board of the European Evangelical Alliance and an active member of the thematic group on human rights of the Conference of European Churches. So I'm married, my wife, uh, Nina and Ty. We have uh, one daughter, Anna, and she is 17 years old. That's all in brief. Wonderful, wonderful. Gabby, tell us about you. Well, I live uh, in uh, in Slovakia, but on the Hungarian border, so uh, I consider myself half-half. Um, I serve uh, in a church in Bratislava, and uh, in Slovakia we have nine churches and some church plants, uh, so we are not a, a very huge uh, district, but uh, still we are working on it. And um, I have a husband and two um young adult children, I could say, they are near adulthood. So um, that, that would be it in, in a brief. Wonderful. We are so glad to have you both with us on the show today. And for many of our listeners, they really probably don't have an understanding of what the United Methodist Church is like in Europe, what the state of the UMC is in Europe. So can you help describe for our listeners uh, how is the United Methodist Church in Europe? And then what are some of the things that people are talking about in the church as we anticipate the separation of the UMC and then the launch of the GMC? So Gabby, let's start with you on that one. Oh, well, <laughs> um, I am uh, the more optimistic um, of the, the two of us. So <laughs> <laughs> we could have started with Daniel, but that's fine. Um <laughs> Um, I was very um, enthusiastic when I uh, first heard about um, the, the development after um, the, the last general conference uh, we, uh, we um, saw and, and heard. <laughs> and, and I was, uh, I was very glad um, about everything I, I read and I'm, I'm still full of hope um, because um, I would say uh, we don't have um, that uh, that clear uh, maybe understanding or the same understanding as, as you do in the US, uh, but uh, we still feel that um, something must be changed. And uh, there are um, some aspects of, um, of, of our church, maybe leadership, accountability, accountability 
and um, and some other stuff that uh, we we could do better. Uh, so um, I I dream about <laughs> a church, a Methodist church uh, that will be really focused on mission and focused on discipleship and evangelism. Because uh, the world we live in, and maybe especially in Europe, uh, we are very um, post-churched. Um, we, I mean, our countries are um, really losing um, faith, I would say, and Christianity is, is no longer the dominant um, you know, part of, of uh, the life of, of people around us. We just had censuses in, in a lot of countries. Uh, and and um, fewer and fewer people um, say, yes, we belong to the church, this or that denomination. So um, I really think that we, we feel the pressure and we feel um, the need for, for a very vibrant, um, very evangelistic Methodist church here in Europe. Daniel. <laughs> and as you probably know, we have three Episcopal areas in Europe. Uh, if we add Russia, there will become four. But if we set aside the Eurasian Episcopal area, in all others, we have a great diversity of opinions regarding human sexuality, marriage and ordination standards. The Methodists in Europe try to find a common way into the future through different roundtables and study groups in Germany, they decided to stay together and preserve the rights of the traditionalists through a special association. In other areas, they are drafting something different, similar to the one church plan, which will allow everyone to stay together while keeping their own beliefs and practices. Uh, one bishop will follow one rule here and a different one there, uh, further developing our ecclesial schizophrenia. And I borrow this phrase from the retired Bishop uh, William Williman. Most Europeans don't associate themselves with what is going on in the United States. You have to know that. They cannot accept being engaged in an American conflict, uh, which the General Conference will decide with consequences for the entire United Methodist Church. They prefer to stay faithful to the covenant uh, they have within their uh, central conferences and to look for their own uh, European solution. And this alienation from the general church is understandable uh, when we have in mind the mo that most of the general uh, administration is preoccupied with American issues with a few exceptions, among them General Board of Global Ministries. So this alienation plays a significant role when we speak about the European conservatives or traditionalists. They cannot associate themselves so easily with the protocol legislation, for example, and with the process of preparing for the establishment of a new conservative uh, Methodist denomination. Why? Uh, they uh, like to say, this is not our protocol, we were not involved in these negotiations, and we don't feel ourselves represented in the traditional leadership theme, which is supervising the preparations. So in that way, they feel the danger that the new denomination will repeat the grave mistakes of the old one. They are concerned that there is no accurate understanding of what it means to be global. And it's not enough to be pres uh, present outside the United States. It means equal access to decision making 
and a much broader vision for the mission worldwide. So it's not only a matter of theological beliefs for Europeans, by a matter, but a matter of trust. And this issue has to be addressed very seriously by the leadership of the WCA and also by the transitional leadership team of the Global Methodist Church. Most Eastern Europeans are conservative, but not many of them are ready to align with the future GMC. They have been part of the existing central conference structures for a long time. And there are many existing relationships and fruitful corporations. And the new structure is something far away from them, something unclear. And I'm telling you all these things to help you understand that it's not so easy decision even for the traditionally minded Eastern Europeans. If we want to have more effective communication with the United Methodists in Europe, we should address these issues as soon as possible. And therefore, uh, we are enthusiastic about the future and all new possibilities and opportunities, but we have to be very realistic at the same time when we try to understand the local context and the local needs. That That's really helpful for us to hear because we tend to always think about things from a U.S. context and how how we're separating and, and it really does become that, that big of an issue for us. But it, but it sounds like there's a whole different approach and, and a much more subtle approach there in, in Europe. Um, so if you were to, if you were to, I'm going to kind of, we, we had talked about some other questions, but I, but given what you said, I think it's really helpful to kind of go down this road to think about what would it take and what are you hoping for in terms of uh, a new denomination if one emerges or if if there were to be renewal? Let's say that the protocol would break down. What would you be hoping for there in in Europe? Gabby, let's start with you about that. Um, what 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 kind of things can we be doing or thinking about from our end and from a leadership end to to think about this future? Well, first of all, um, for Europeans, I think it's very, um, very important before they make the decision, um, even though they are traditionally uh, wired, but um, still they need to have a clear path, um, a blueprint, if you wish, um, about what will it look like, you know, what's the difference between the GMC and the UMC. Um, because um, so so far, uh, most of them can see only you know yes the the, the sexuality issue and uh, and ordination um, and they say well but we live in in our context and we don't have these issues I mean these are really not issues over here so why would we change anything and the, the, the second layer of the issue is why the traditionalists need to leave so um we really can hear um you know all the questions and and all the concerns are are kind of wired this way you know why uh, why is the need of, of leaving the umc you know why can't we just stay and um have have our own <laughs> way of doing things but still we need to be connected so it's, it's just a great um 
and I lost the word in English, but um, it's, a, it's a confusion, I think. Uh, people are confused and you cannot make good decisions when, when you just don't see the clear picture. So um, I really think that we need to, um, to work on how to organize the, the European GMC once it is established. Um, and we need to, to tackle this issue first in Europe, <laughs> how to organize ourselves. So that's, that, that's my take on it. Daniel, you in the blanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, when when we uh, we decided to establish uh, the regional chapter of WCA for Eastern Europe, uh, we had two goals in mind. Uh, the first one was to inform our Eastern European brothers and sisters uh, about what is going on. Uh, in this process of preparation uh, for the establishment of a new conservative denomination. Because um, many rumors are, you know, circulating here and there. And um, um, there is a clear lack of a positive and clear message uh, regarding what is going on. And we, we try to, to, to provide such uh, information. And the second goal, which is also very important, the second goal was to, to be part of conversation right now. Not to wait, uh, to wait something to happen, something to be established, and then to decide to join or not to join, but to be part of, of this conversation, to um, raise our concerns, our opinions in this process of preparation, and uh, uh, we are inviting constantly other Europeans to join us, not to wait, uh, not to feed themselves with, uh, with uh, different kind of rumors or bad advertisement about the work of uh, WCA and all the preparations around uh, GMC, but to start a positive conversation, what is our vision uh, for uh, this uh, new uh, conservative denomination in Europe, and usually when we approach people with um, with this type of invitation, uh, their constant constant question is, "What about the future organization?" Because we have, you know, few churches here, few churches there, and um, you know, we we Europeans are are dreaming to to have our own, so to to speak. Uh, organizational framework not to be part of some sort of Russian Episcopal area, you know. You cannot convince Eastern Europeans with that. Mm. <laughs> it's not attractive for them at all. So, and you are starting to realize that here many also hot political issues are connected with the, the question of the, the, the future organization. It's not so... Um, easily connected only with beliefs, you know, theological beliefs and um, understanding of um, ecclesiastical structures. But you, in the local European context, we have a, a lot of political issues, a lot of historical issues that you need to consider very seriously in order to make a, a good, flexible and creative decision how to start the GMC here. So that's why uh, when uh, we um, ask constantly about the understanding of the global character of the future global Methodist Church. 
we all the time, uh, you know, we all the time uh, arising this this question. Uh, global means also um, uh, think strategically in a particular context, with a great wisdom, having in mind all the historical and political features of the situation. Because, you know, Europe is an old lady <laughs> with a, a big history <laughs> and you cannot approach so easily an old lady. You have to know <laughs> all the customs and um, uh, everything around it because as every old lady, uh, Europe uh, has uh, uh, her own feeling of dignity and so on. You understand me. This is a, how to say, cultural competence that we need to develop on a higher and at the same time on a deeper level. Yeah, whereas here, if you had a an annual conference that consisted of, you know, the Western United States plus Texas plus Kansas City or, you know, th that sort of thing, you, you would have maybe some political differences between Democrats and Republicans, but you're still dealing with the same, the same yeah. culture in effect, but it's so different in Europe. And I think that's one of the things that, that we don't realize because I think most Americans would say, well, European union, you know, is sort of one monolithic thing now, not that that really applies to Eastern Europe as much. And, and so there is a lot of, a lot of difference there. Yes, plus add the, um, the cultural differences, the language differences, um, the history of the United Methodist Church over here. You know, once um, got missionaries from Germany, one, um, some, for example, in Slovakia and the Czech Republic, we had missionaries from the States. So you have all these different stories, different contexts and, and, um, and cultures uh, and traditions. So uh, yes, it's a, it's a big mixture, which is sometimes nice, but it can, it can get complicated sometimes. <laughs> so Daniel, I'd love to ask you the question as, as we're pondering all these things, it's so very interesting to hear your perspectives, your take uh, on this. And it's so important for people all around the world to hear it, but especially for those of us in the United States to be hearing this. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about what you would like to see happen as the separation of the church occurs that we're anticipating will happen. What do you want to see happen in Europe as a result of that separation? Yeah, it's it's a very big question <laughs> because we are talking about expectations and hopes, and uh, we have a lot of you know expectations. But um, I have already shared some of my concerns, so I will speak about my expectations. I think uh, that uh, the main thing that I hope for is that our Wesleyan heritage uh, to be cherished much more in the new global Methodist Church not to be simplified or equated to quadrilaterals or whatever, you know, instruments uh, the theologians can, can produce. But, um, you know, we have to return back to our roots in order to go into the future. So um, I can phrase it back to the future. <laughs> uh, that I am hoping for. To go to our roots, to our theological uh, uh, 
rich, very rich theological resources and to rethink completely our mission, our ecclesial structures, and uh, really to uh, to build a, a broader and deeper understanding of, uh, of our mission today. Uh, so I, I really hope that this um, uh, Wesleyan heritage will define uh, in a better way our ecclesiology and uh, our mission in a creative way. We don't need to repeat simply the words of Wesley, but uh, we, we need to, to live in, in that spirit and to, um, how to say, to, uh, to move in the spirit of Wesley Brothers in, in these new, new times, uh, new contexts in a very creative uh, way, because Methodists were creative people once upon a time. And uh, step by step, we became um, very boring. Everything that we ponder uh, is boring somehow. This is my feeling and my perception. We, we, we became great masters of doing uh, all the things around very boring. And we have to, to go back to our roots in order to have a, a good future. So this is my, my biggest hope. And um, I will be very, very happy if we go in that direction. Well, and it's so interesting too, to me, Daniel, to hear you say this, because when I think about our roots as Methodists and as Wesleyans, and I think about the roots that we have in the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, that the power of the Holy Spirit is, is truly the one thing that that defines us all and unites us all across borders, across oceans, across wherever we are, the, the Holy Spirit is what we all grab onto as making us family together. And so I, I second what you say that we do need to go back to our roots. Gabby, would you have any answers for this as well? Well, I would only repeat myself uh, that my biggest hope is that we will um, really focus um, uh, on on evangelism and mission because that was that's that's a Wesleyan root for me, <laughs> the, the biggest one. You know that we will make disciples um, wherever we go, and I think that um, you know whenever a church becomes more and more institutionalized and 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 the bureaucracy of everything. Um, in you know today in this age and era um, we lost this focus I guess it it just became you know I'm, I'm not saying the last thing but um, it's it's not the priority anymore and um, I really really hope that um, you know this this new beginning can be um, a restart and a reset for for our focus with evangelism and accountability. Um, so just back to the basics. Yeah. <laughs> so can, can you explain to our listeners uh, who might not be familiar with, with the areas from which you're from, can you explain to them what the mission field would be, uh, where you are and, and practically the mission field, but also spiritually the mission field? What, what would that look like where you both are? Um. I will play with, uh, with some words <laughs> for a while, trying to explain our mission field. You know, um, when we think about the, the Methodist Church in US, we uh, count this church among the main line. 
Christians. But here we are marginalized, <laughs> church. So this is our mission field. And it's funny because most of our old church buildings from the past historical sites are on the very center of the cities, downtown churches. But at the same time, we are not the main player here because we are, uh, especially in Bulgaria and Romania, Orthodox countries. So Orthodoxy is the biggest player. So we are marginalized church, very much, um, you know, open for um, marginalized uh, uh, members of our societies. And uh, we, we, we have very good results working among, among minorities, not only Roma people, but Turkey-speaking minorities, Armenians. And um, in all these cases, um, we developed this um, excellent culture of uh, not only of coexistence, but of uh, working together, um, cherishing each other and um, respecting each other, which is a, it's a very good model for the society. Uh, we are on the border with Turkey and uh, uh, we are on the border or on the crossroad where many people from, uh, you know, from Asia are coming as migrants in Europe. So this is, this is very, very important. And I think that we, we, we have to, um, to um, remind ourselves that the churches are marginalized communities. <laughs> when we are tempted to be mainline, uh, you know, we are losing many authentic original elements of uh, our ministry. Uh, tempted by power, tempted to be significant, tempted to uh, set the agenda of the broader society and so on and so on and forgetting uh, to do what we were called by our Lord Jesus Christ. So um, this is our uh, main mission field here. And, and I hope that we will continue to develop uh, it even better. Uh, in in the future. Yeah, I can uh, I can also say that um, in most of the countries around Slovakia, the Czech Republic, Hungary, most of the, the Eastern European countries um, uh, have a quite good Roma ministry. Um, so the minorities are um, are one of the mission fields. Um, but again, um, our countries are getting more and more secular. And um, in contrast to Bulgaria and Romania, um, our countries, Slovakia, the Czech Republic and Hungary are um, mostly Catholic, Roman Catholic. So our small churches, small Protestant churches, among them, the Methodist church is considered sometimes by people as a cult because you don't belong to the mainline Roman Catholic Church and that's the only Christian church. They, they think about it that, that way. <laughs> so we, we are considered uh, to be cults. Um, but the latest census, for example, in Slovakia showed that um, people, uh, there are more people belonging to Islam in Slovakia than the Methodist Church, which is alarming, I, th I think. So it is a long, long, long journey ahead of us, and we really need to focus on this. So, yeah, in a nutshell, this is our context. Wow. Yeah, I, I, 
I think people are not always aware that we we have a similar thing trending here in the United States. I think it's not it's not quite the same, but you can almost see where it's going, where there is a, a sense of of disconnection from Christendom and uh, Europe. To, to use a phrase as kind of the canary in the coal mine, so to speak, for for many for many Western cultures about what what can happen. And so your faithfulness and continuing to work in that context and in a marginalized context, um, not only marginalized from the wider culture, but also from the, the dominant churches in your, in your area, um, speaks a lot to your faithfulness in the midst of, of what's happening and you're continuing to make disciples regardless. I know we have a partnership with, um, with Pastor Christie in Cebu and Romania and uh, we support an orphanage there from our church with Global Hope, and uh, it's it's a joy to see what what is happening in some of those small areas there in in Europe. So as as we think about the future, and as we think about and bringing this into the consciousness of of Americans in particular, who a lot of our audience, what can we be praying for for you all as we go forward? I think that one of the main needs that we have is to deliver uh, um, a more clear and understandable message to all uh, Methodists in Europe and in general outside of the United States in order for them to understand that, that this is not uh, um, an American you know, issue only, but this is a very um, uh, important question uh, one way or another, uh, our cards are on the table, so we, we know each other's positions and opinions. So it's clear that the division between us is really serious because both sides are not considering uh, all these issues as secondary, but very important. So for us and for our mission here in, in Eastern Europe, in Europe in general, it's very important to have a more clear and understandable message. Um, and we also are praying for, for wisdom and a better vision for the organization of the future GMC in Europe, uh, sensitive to the local problems, contexts and needs. Yes, and please also pray for um guidance from and, and wisdom from from God um, to you know, for for the leadership of the WCA uh, in all our conversations because we we want to do the the right thing and, and speak truth in love and that can be a challenge sometimes so um, that would be one thing and for the revitalization of, of the church of the Methodist Church in Eastern Europe you know, uh, because we still carry the baggage of post-communism uh, and, and, you know, those lost decades. So um, I think that that would be a, a great prayer for our region also. 
Well, friends, we are so glad to call you friends and also glad that you have joined us today. Thank you for being so honest, being helpful to those of us who have not understood what it is like for you in Eastern Europe. And thank you for giving us just a wonderful picture of what that is and how we can be praying for you. We just want to thank you both. Thank you very thank much. You. Inviting it was a pleasure. Well, we do thank Daniel and Gabby and, um, and we, we want to make sure that uh, you are praying for all the things that are going on there in Eastern Europe. So put that on your prayer list uh, and remember Daniel and Gabby and their leadership as we go into these days. We also thank you for listening to the podcast. As always, you can text us or, or email us your questions and comments to podcast at wesleyandcovenant.org. Follow us on Twitter at WCA. Uh, what do I say, Stephanie? WCA pod. 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 WCA pod. That's our Twitter handle. You can follow us there. And there's a lot of great stuff coming up as we're getting into season three. And we're so grateful to hear uh, voices from our brothers and sisters around the world as we engage in this movement. So thank you for joining us. We'll see you back here again next time on Holy Conversations, the podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. Mm-hmm.